Trollodren, Legends and Lore. Episode 8, Adone. Hello and welcome to Trollodon Legends and Lore. I'm Chad Corey, and in this episode we're going to be continuing the mini-series that we started last episode, episode 6, which talked about the cosmic entities. And we're going to continue into highlighting a few of the more prominent and important characters in the pre-recorded timeline of Trollodon and give you a little bit more background about them this won't be, as I said, like in last episode, an exhaustive re- researched material presented to you. It's going to be more an overview and a summary of some basic things, because I do plan on sharing some more things in the future, and also some of the stuff I will be sharing with some of these people in particular will be, I guess, kind of more prominent in certain stories that will be coming forth in the near and near distant future. And speaking of that, let me kind of do a little side note here and inform you Again, about the Wizard King trilogy, that is the first book set, set in the world of Trollodon. The first book, Return of the Wizard King, will be coming out in September of this year, 2020, just to be exact. And will be coming out in audio, print, and ebook formats, actually in hard copy and digital or e-audio as they call it as well, which you can find on Audible. And all those versions are available for purchase right now for pre-order. Some of them might be giving you a special deal or a discount depending upon where you go. So again, I encourage you to check it out, take a look. And if it's something that you might be interested in but don't know if you want to shell out the money yourself initially, I would encourage you to make contact with your library, especially now that people might have some more downtime, more so than usual. Get a hold of them, see if that's something that might be of interest in picking up and putting into their uh, system for other people to listen to or read or take advantage of. So again, September 15th in stores all across the country and even across the world. I'm getting information now. It's going to be available in the UK and the Commonwealth at that point, as well as other countries, I guess, that don't speak English as their first language. I'm seeing things come up now. Across the countries and uh, various websites, I'm getting information on periodically, and it's kind of interesting to see. So if you are not a native English speaker, or if you're not in a country where you might have immediate ready access to English books, you still might have a way uh, online. So maybe check that out as well. Again, pre-order helps because, well, in general, first and foremost, it helps the publisher know how many books to print for the initial print run. Having a rough estimate, again, no one really likes to kind of go way over or way under, so having kind of a rough estimate to kind of shoot for in the beginning is helpful in that sense. It's also helpful for the buyers. It can motivate them as far as letting them know this might be a good seller. They can push it a little more heavily and get people more interested in picking it up. And it also lets stores know, too, how many copies are going to be available. So when they make their orders and additional orders in the days ahead now, it will be of benefit to them kind of again figure out some things financially and logistically as well and of course there's always a fun thing that might also help people get the book onto bestseller lists and which will also help increase the awareness and orders and all that good stuff as well so there's my little plug for it i will be having more information in the near future as we get closer to the event and i'm also doing a book tour as well as far as i know at this point everything is smooth going 
all the events you can find on my website, chadcorey.com. Go under the events uh, page, and there'll be updated information there as far as where I'm going, what I'm doing, what time frame, and, and so on and so forth. Trying to make it a mix and match of some different things, and hopefully that will work out, like I said, as well as, as I'm believing it will. And so we got libraries, we got bookstores, we got chain bookstores, we got you know, independent stuff, we got even some virtual things through social media channels. I'm going to be doing, uh, I guess, for my first time ever. So that'd be kind of fun and a fun experience for people uh, involved as well. So again, check it out, chatcory.com, and uh, take a look at the book and other information available as well there. Okay, so transitioning here, let's get back into what we're talking about today, which is a dome. And Adon, let's backtrack a little bit. Adon is the first, I guess you can say, progenitor of the, not the Titan race, but what will, be, what will become later known as the gods. And he was the lineage, the beginning of the lineage that kind of founded the ruling dynasty that would become the gods in later time, and especially on Trilodrim. He, of course, is a Titan. Titans, to kind of refresh your memory from previous episodes, were some of the original races that were created when the whole uh, cosmos was created. They were some of the first to actually rise up and begin to have a civilization and dominate their uh, corner of the, the cosmos or their planet, so to speak, I guess, more, more locally. And that planet was uh, called Thangaria. It wasn't called that initially up front, but that's what it became as Adon took control more and more of the, the territory, the people, and the communities around him to become this massive planetary empire later on. He'll bequeath to his son, who we'll talk about in next episode. As with a lot of figures who become historically significant in later years, he had kind of a kind of a mild to, I guess, indiscriminate background. There wasn't really a lot that kind of set him apart. He wouldn't really have risen to a place of power even as early as he did if it wasn't for the death of his father. His father was the chieftain of his tribe at the time, and he basically died young, died early, actually one of the first people to die with that community. And, uh, and because of that, Aron basically took the reins of power and started becoming the chieftain of that tribe. And he, was, he was a fairly decent ruler. He was fairly smart, fairly wise. He's also very intuitive as far as finding ways that benefit people and trying to find win-win situations and agreements that accommodated for everyone's benefit and growth and development. And that would serve him really well for the duration of his reign. And he would try and pass it on to his the people that came after him as the best way to move forward. It didn't always take necessarily, but he did do his best at promoting it as such. Primarily what he did for the longest time was slowly but surely increase the hold of his tribe over the planet. And it started out locally, obviously, and then it kind of grew as far as alliances and, uh, and various cooperative efforts were combined. And like I said before, he always tried to find a very win-win or even win-win-win scenario to benefit everyone and, and do the best for their communities. And because of that, he was widely sought after as a wise and trusted leader. He wasn't someone to push or bully his way into any situation. He was very accommodating for the most part. And he kind of knew how to read people well enough to know what was a good deal, what wasn't a good deal, and did his best at staying out of outside situations that would, would not be the best situation for him or the tribe that was always growing under him. And because of his leadership and his ability to, like I said, l develop 
strategies and uh, technological advancements and such under his reign, the tribe eventually just grew and grew and grew. And of course, there was intermarriage, there's all sorts of alliances and things that took place, and so much so that eventually, toward the middle portion of his reign, people were actually just seeking him out to form alliances and basically get, you know, submerged or merged into the growing tribe. And that was all well and good. People really didn't have any issue with it. In fact, people benefited and, and thrived as the as the decades went on. And again, as that happened, Adon basically became a very I, I say coveted, wise person to seek out for wisdom and help and aid. And people began trading and, and began, like I said, merging their tribes and cultures with, with his. And it was a very beneficial thing for all the titans involved. And because the Titans were so long-lived, especially in this early part of their history, it wasn't hard for him to reign over a, basically almost a planetary kingdom by the time of his uh, stepping down from the throne, which he would do toward the latter portion of his life. He wanted to train up and advise his son, who we'll get to next episode, how to be a good ruler. He didn't want to leave the situation in place where he basically died on the throne and then someone came in and didn't really have any training, didn't really know how to do what was needed to be done. And so he tried to impart, not just with his son, but he had you know, he had a couple sons and other people in his kingdom. And he was the first king, by the way, that was made king by the Titans. He advanced from a chieftain and he became a king. Again, that kingship came toward the latter portion of his, his reign and his life. It was something he wasn't, he, I don't want to say he was hesitant to take on, but he, he knew that with that title and with that responsibility, there were some other things that he wasn't necessarily always 100% comfortable with. And also during that time, as you can imagine, when you have almost a near or very near planetary kingdom, there's going to be at some point, people looking to try and take advantage of that or begin to play the situation for their own advantage or to the detriment of Adon and his policies. And so there were some growing schisms and challenges and things that were trying to develop and, and take root toward the latter portion of his, his reign. And again, he was trying to instill all this wisdom and insight and you know forethought and foresight into his son, who who is called Omni, and he wanted him to be a wise and, and just ruler, just like himself. The benefit, of course, is that at this point in time, no one really had any wars, no one really fought. The, all the conquests, quote unquote, that Aron basically made were nonviolent. Again, he found beneficial ways to unite and bring unity to the people and seek out unifying beneficial developments and things for everybody involved. And for the most part, he was rather well-loved and appreciated for it. And it was seen by many, especially the Titans in the later years to follow, as a golden age, a golden time, a great awesome time to be alive, and, and so on and so forth. And he was that's what he wanted to impart into his son Omni, who he made in the, the Imperial Prince, and set him out to try and begin taking the finishing uh, parts of the planet, finishing and bringing them into the kingdom. And Omni kind of coveted for a larger role, a larger place to, to call their own. And he would begin the interplanetary conquest, shall we say. 
And he would also introduce the aspects of conquest, actual fighting, which his father was not a very big fan of. But unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to kind of take that out of his son or teach him a better way. He wasn't able to impart his method, and so his sons took over, and that would become the dominant strain throughout the rest of the, the line and into the gods that followed. And it would carry over ultimately into uh, Trilodon itself, since they would actually mimic their creators in some way, shape, or form, and especially in this type of ideology. One thing that is also of interest during Adon's time is that he was a rather, I guess you can say, pious or religious or spiritual individual. He really honored the cosmic entities, but he also took a great interest in the growing division between the mystics and the priest. The priests were the people who splintered from the mystics. Mystics were basically in the beginning more like a shamanic type of approach to the um, global cosmic type of religious understanding. And as they developed and grew and, and began to think on things more religiously and spiritually, there was a division on the way to move forward. And those that have more of a theological bent or religious bent went one direction and became priests. And those that wanted to do more studying and, and understanding more of the cosmic forces and elements in the, in the environment that they lived in, namely the cosmos, they became more like the, I guess you want to call them proto-wizards. They became what are called mystics. And though he was a religious person and a spiritual person, he also had an interest in what the mystics were teaching. So he made it kind of an interesting figure because he kind of bridged the divide between the two ways of thought and that extent and actually helped support both sides and got them developed, which would play a large role in the development of things in the uh, generations and centuries ahead. And finally, one of the things that really made Adon unique is that he died under... The, a different dispensation, and I won't get into all that now because I'll maybe say, say that for another episode, but there were different periods of time in which where people died, they would go a different direction or might not go anywhere at all. And in particular, the very first dispensation was the Nullic dispensation. And Nullic, of course, was named after Null for the one of the two cosmic forces. This one obviously dealt with death and, you know, the eradication of life and so on and so forth. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, check the previous episode. We do a little bit of a, a delve into that. But basically what happened during this dispensation is nobody had an afterlife. Nobody existed after they died. Once you died, you basically were gone. There was no spirit. There was no mind. There was no body. It was, you just gone. And so he was one of the first, along with many other titans, but one of the first, he was the first, excuse me, titan ruler to die, and you wouldn't be able to have access to him anymore. So whatever he did, whatever was written down, that was it. You didn't have any means or, or, or activity to try and bring him back because he wasn't even there to be brought back. So that kind of made some things more challenging for people that came after him who maybe wanted to benefit from his wisdom or learned from him about different deals, or maybe where some secret things are hidden, or so on and so forth. They just didn't have access to that because he wasn't around anymore. So that was kind of the, the deprimant, like I said, to this original lineage. That would change later on, but it would be a while until the change took effect, which would hinder some of the uh, benefits that could have come from the people that have gone on before. You can almost imagine if Adon really didn't die, in the in the you know the spiritual sense, if he had a, or mental sense, if he had a way to actually stay be around or be able to be contacted, what great wealth of insight, and maybe even what type of force of influence he would have tried to impart 
to those that came after him, trying to you know steer them away from the less to a less violent means of of uh, acquiring more of a planetary empire, even a system-wide empire, if you will. So I think we will call that an end for this particular episode. Again, if you have any questions or anything you wanted to share with me about anything, do feel free to send them my way. I am still looking at possibilities when to put together a particular episode. We'll address more of those questions together at one spot, but you can certainly send it to me, and uh, I'll do my best to respond to them or see if I can put them into a podcast and get back to you that way too. The email you can send those questions to is lore, L-O-R-E, at chadcorey.com. That's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. So thanks again for listening. Next episode, we'll get to Omni and talk about how things suddenly change and we begin more into the imperial side of things that would last through the gods and even beyond. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.